This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. This past Monday, the United States observed Memorial Day. It's to honor those who have died in the country's service. Since the nation's founding in the Revolutionary War to the present day, more than 1,335,000 Americans have paid the ultimate price. Memorial Day is observed the last Monday of every May. Originally called Decoration Day, the first call for a nationwide observance was in 1868 in the aftermath of America's bloodiest conflict, the Civil War. Through the years, it became known as Memorial Day, and it became a national holiday in 1971. Lutherans have a long history of involvement with the military, starting with the Revolution. Martin Luther himself specifically addressed the role soldiers play in the left-hand kingdom. Chaplain Craig Mueller is the executive director of the LCMS Mission to the Armed Forces and is in charge of LCMS chaplains in the military. Chaplain Mueller and I discuss the importance of Memorial Day to Lutherans on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. A legal battle is raging that could lead to the end of abortions being performed at the only abortion clinic currently operating in Missouri. The state license allowing the Planned Parenthood facility to perform abortions at the St. Louis Clinic expires at midnight Friday. Currently, the state and Planned Parenthood are at an impasse over concerns the state expressed to the clinic. A state audit that began the spring resulted in the state telling the clinic it needed to interview the seven physicians who provide abortions at the clinic. Two of the clinic's doctors have offered to be interviewed, but the state said it wants to interview all seven. Planned Parenthood has filed a lawsuit trying to avert closure. A hearing on that lawsuit has been scheduled for Wednesday. If the clinic closes, Missouri would be the first state without a functioning abortion clinic since the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. The Illinois House yesterday passed a bill that would repeal the state's previous partial birth abortion ban and require that insurance providers cover contraception and abortion services. The Reproductive Health Act, as it's titled, which passed 64 to 50, removes virtually all restrictions on late-term abortions and the penalties currently imposed on doctors who perform them. The legislation must now receive majority support in the state Senate before it's signed into law. The U.S. Supreme Court is upholding an Indiana law that requires abortion providers to dispose of aborted fetuses in the same way as human remains. But the justices are staying out of the debate over a broader block provision that would prevent a woman in Indiana from having an abortion based on the gender, race, or disability of the baby. The court split 7-2 in allowing Indiana to enforce fetal remains measure that had been blocked under federal appeals court. The justices said in an unsigned opinion that the case does not involve limits on abortion rights. A biological male who identifies as a transgender woman 
won an NC2H National Championship over the Memorial Day weekend. Franklin Pierce University runner Cece Teffler won the Division II women's 400-meter hurdles on Saturday night, besting the second-place finisher by more than a second. NC2A policy is that male athletes who identify as transgender can compete on women's teams if they suppress their testosterone levels for a full calendar year. Otherwise, so-called mixed teams, which have both males and females, can compete in the men's division, but not the women's division, according to the rules. A South Carolina Chick-fil-A restaurant paid tribute to Fallen Soldiers Monday by setting up a table reserved to honor those who have fallen in action. The table contained a folded flag, a plate with a lemon and salt on it, an inverted glass, and a Bible, and a framed picture describing what the missing man table actually is. This is World Lutheran News Digest. This is Всемирные Лютеранские Новости. I'm Kip Allen, World Lutheran News Digest host. My guest today is Chaplain Craig Mueller, who's the Executive Director for the Ministry to the Armed Forces, LCMS. We just passed Memorial Day, and Craig, that has a lot of significance. What's the history of Memorial Day? Well, thank you, first of all, for having me back. I really appreciate this opportunity to be there, and as uh, Memorial Day is just so significant for us in America, and I know there's debate about whether we've kind of forgotten about it it's become picnics and barbecues and you know days off of work but mm. forgetting what the real meaning is but i still think i sense especially this past weekend i i really paid attention to that there's still a lot of communities who understand what memorial day is that we do remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms we enjoy and you still see some towns that have their vfw or honor guards going to the cemetery having a little ceremony and then of course the 21 gun salute and and you know, the flags are flying and paying homage to those who did give so much. It's, it's just incredible when you think about the sacrifices those men and women have done to to die, to to protect our freedoms, but also the families mm. who on Memorial Day still, obviously, it brings it back to, to mind of their their family members who were, were passed away or, or who died in combat or defending our country. I think it originally started as a Decoration Day, I think. It was back in 1868, I read about. Uh, that was the first celebration of it. And it later became known as Memorial Day, but it was actually not a uh, federal holiday until I think the 1970s. That's right. It, it, it was, and you've probably seen them uh, today's social media. A lot of the veterans especially try to point out the big differences between those main holidays. They'll remind you that Armed Forces Day is to recognize those who are currently serving or wearing the uniform, where that may be. And then to distinguish that from Memorial Day, which is usually the weekend after that, which is really to pay homage to those who have died in defense of our country. And then, of course, in November, we have Veterans Day, which re uh, remembers and honors all who wore the uniform of our, our nation. So they try to make those distinguishes, and sometimes they get merged together. But I think everybody is uh, means well mm -hmm. when they, you know, they wish you a happy Memorial Day. Some people grouse at that and say, well, it's not for me. You know, it's for those who have fallen. Yeah. But I think we have to give our, our fellow Americans the benefit of the doubt that they really just are thankful for our military and um, to remind them gently that it this day is set aside for those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. But uh, there's so much uh, still that I see as I go out throughout our country of people who still do uh, 
uh, pay homage and remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. I think we've finally shaken off the malaise of the post-Vietnam era where the military was held in less than is less esteem. One thing I've read about, uh, for example, foreigners who come to the United States are, are amazed at the confidence and the esteem that the American people hold for their military. Oh, absolutely. I think you're 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 dead on too. And then just about your your Vietnam comment. That's one of the things I do see when I go out throughout the country and have the opportunity to go to different ceremonies or preach at our churches throughout. Uh, basically all of our nation and to see uh, the Vietnam vets and try to see how, you know, it's been a long road for them to see how they were uh, welcomed so much differently than our troops today. And it's not uh, uh, anything against the, uh, you know, the current war on terrorism folks who did have the parades and people at the airport, but it is hard for some of our Vietnam vets as they process it. A lot of them take the high ground and, hey, we, we were thankful we all served. We're all one team, one fight, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of break your heart when you think that, you know, when they got off the plane and got called names or whatever, and they quickly wanted to get their uniform off and grow their hair long, you know, somehow just to get some kind of, uh, you know, separation so they could you know, make that transition back to civilian life. When in fact, you know, we know that they just did their duty, whether they were drafted or volunteered, they, it's an honorable vocation and they, they answered the call for their nation and they served honorably. And it was just a shame. And, uh, but I think we've come a long way. And I think most Americans, you know, if they could apologize to each Vietnam vet, I think they would, (laughs) if they, you know, their fathers or grandfathers, you know how it is. We, We do learn from our mistakes. And I think people did learn that uh, we need to remember that all those conflicts, you know, from the beginning, as you mentioned, before we transitioned to, to the Memorial Day that we know today, that include all those from every war or conflict who have died uh, in support of our country. And of course, you know, the United States is formed because we kicked the bejesus out of the Brits. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Craig, you, you used an interesting word. Uh, you used the word vocation. And this is a very key word for Lutherans. Can you get into that little bit about how the military is a vocation under that uh, under that definition? Sure, sure. I think you know for uh, uh, most of our audience who may be Lutherans and others who aren't, but basically, it you know it's a calling. You know, the vocato to. To, to be called. And, and we really believe that when God gives you gifts, uh, skills, abilities, whatever position or job you have, you know, whether it's a baker, candlestick maker, and all those that we joke about, mechanic, plumber, doctor, physician, brain surgeon, or yes, even a soldier, Marine, a Coast Guardsman, Airman, or a civilian, uh, those are callings that God has given you. So we use that very intentionally when we say the vocation of profession of arms because these are men and women who answer the call of our nation and of course we can get into also the two kingdom theology the Mm -hmm. two realms how we understand that you are citizens of our kingdom here on earth but of course ultimately citizens of heaven and how we can function in those two arenas but vocation is a great important word because i really want our veterans and those who are currently serving to see that this is a vocation this is an honorable service to their neighbor uh, to their country where they are as we again through memorial day come back to that who are willing to give the ultimate sacrifice in their vocation it's a calling to protect our freedoms and to defend our nation and i think luther specifically mentioned the military 
as as a vocation. I, re- I remember reading one of his uh, one of his treaties on. He that. did. In fact, it probably came even more so when he wrote his little uh, pamphlet uh, on soldiers too can be saved. Mm-hmm. That's where he really unpacked it because soldiers back then, just like they are now, you always have that. Uh, moral injury or you're just wondering is you know is this an honorable thing to do so even back in luther's day he wrote that pamphlet and it's it's available online in pdf there's like 10 different translations i think <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but they're all pretty much the same but if anyone's ever interested in that that does give a a good grip grasp of what it means to vocation how luther could support that in saying that they're they're doing their vocation and serving god and their and their neighbor you know, my uh, my dad was in the Second World War. He, uh, he was in the Pacific Theater from the Salamons up through Luzon. And one of my earlier memories uh, was we had a neighbor, a gentleman by the name of uh, George Krachevich, who had been a Marine and was in the same theater. And uh, this is back in the early 50s, and we were the only ones who had a television on the block. <laughs> and uh, I remember the Krachevichs used to come over, and every Sunday they'd watch, I think it was Victory at Sea, one of the very first documentaries on World War II. And that was the only time I ever heard my dad talk about the war. He and Mr. Krachevich would sort of unpack, I guess, or... Mm-hmm unwind and start talking about what they had seen and done during the war. That's the only time I ever remember my dad really talking about the war. Sure. No, that's a, a very uh, a good point. I know they've been known as the silent generation for that. And, and I think, I guess any veteran has their narrative or story. And um, you know, especially Memorial Day weekend, it's really specifically hard on those who have survived because they did lose you know best friends mm-hmm. comrades not only just the family members but those who served alongside and some of them say well how did i survive and they didn't you know so it's really a time of deep uh, contemplation on you know as they walk through the grave sites of of their fallen comrades of how they made it and they didn't and they both were willing to do it in fact i just had this opportunity uh, to, to preach at a congregation in California. And we had a, uh, this was for Armed Forces Sunday. So we had a, a big event to honor those who had served the members of the congregation. And I met a young, a young man, I say he was 96. <laughs> and he had served in, uh, he flew in uh, World War II, uh, Korea and Vietnam. So he was literally a fighter pilot. He joined at age 19 and flew in World War II. And then when they became the Air Force, he, he obviously joined them and flew in Korean Vietnam. And we gave him the microphone. He was very humbled and honored. And it was just awesome to be in the presence of a, a hero like that. And we gave him the microphone. And all he did was say, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> but then he said, the government, I just gave the government a blank check. Oh, I thought about it. We talked about it a little bit offline after he got done with his, but that's what he meant, that he was willing to, hey, if they want to cash it in and I die doing my job, my duty, you know, mm-hmm. like, and then of course he, he did remember all those who didn't make it. I mean, especially being through three wars, you know, he obviously knew a lot of folks that didn't, didn't make it, but that really stuck home for me. I'm here in the midst of a, a man who, and he was just so grateful for the thing that that congregation did for him and honored him. And then just... Two days ago, the pastor texted me and said that he had passed away. Oh, boy. So I had the privilege of knowing him a week before he died, you know, uh, 96 years old. But there's a warrior um, who didn't want to take any of the credit, like you're talking about with many, but he obviously knew many people who did pay the ultimate sacrifice. And that was always hard. It's always hard. It is. It is. And you you look back upon our history on this, uh, the American Civil War. My God, what a horrible conflict that was. Even to this day, just numerically, 
more Americans died in that war than any other war that we had, even more so than World War II. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Yeah, that's just uh, yeah, it's just unfathomable of people that. Uh, for their beliefs or yeah. whatever side they were, <laughs> but they were doing it as a, uh, you know, what they believed in. And now um, for us, you know, in America now, we do often take it for granted. And I think uh, sometimes it's not in the news as much, but if you pay close attention, even this past Memorial Day, you'll see that there are some young men and women who died just recently in the war um, uh, fighting terrorism. And so it's still happening. They're still on the tip of the spear in harm's way in some very austere locations defending us. Mm -hmm. You know, my, uh, my great, great grandfather was a fought in the civil war. Uh, He had a bit of an interesting history and because he was a southerner, but he fought for the North and uh, he lived in uh, southeastern Tennessee near uh, Chattanooga back in 1861-62. And he and a couple of other guys were a little bit too outspoken about their pro-union sympathies. <laughs> and there were a couple of attempts at bushwhacking. Oh, wow. Yeah, the locals were not at all happy with him. And so what he did uh, was he and his best friend walked from southern Tennessee up to the middle of Kentucky through rebel lines to enlist in a Union regiment, 5th Tennessee Volunteer Infantry. Wow, that's an amazing historical... Yeah. Wow. It really was. You know, he left uh, he left his family behind. He was married. He had children. Yeah. And the whole thing. But he walked you know, a couple of hundred miles through enemy territory to get a chance to fight. And he fought for the entire war. That's a that's a good point you bring up too. When I was talking about the Memorial Day, even uh, can't, we can't forget about those family members. Mm-hmm. They did. They walked away from them, their family when they did this vocation. They actually gave uh, I don't know. I guess priority to that vocation, and then their vocation as husband, father, brother took a back seat to that because this was the call right now. They needed to go, you know, to fight for our freedom. So their other vocations of husband, father, mother, daughter, whatever they they are, uh, was put in the back. Why they did this vocation, and and ultimately, as we have been talking about, some didn't make it back, but the families. Uh, we're doing it, and sort of back to that uh, church congregation. It was interesting that the host of it for that World War II veteran, he was a uh, an older gentleman who was in a wheelchair. And I talked to him. I thought he was a veteran or or wounded or somehow. And he said, "No." He said, "I'm here supporting this and running this as an MC because my father died in World War II oh. when I was one years old." So he never got to know his father. Oh, for peace sakes. But ever since that, he when he feel, finally realized that his father gave up, you know, he, I think he had six other siblings, but he went mm-hmm. off to the war, you know, and didn't come back. And But he gave that up uh, for his vocation of soldier, if you will, to be the, the father. So it kind of really drove home. And this guy was just passionate about doing whatever he can to support our uh our military folks, um, because it's a sacrifice in so many different ways that we don't even think about. You know, I, I'm going to quibble a little bit with, with something that you just said. Okay. Uh, about putting aside the, uh, the, 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 the obligation to family to serve the country. But is there anything higher that a man can do to stay, serve his family than to do that, than to, than to serve to to make sure that that evil doesn't happen to his family? Well, that's, that's a very good point. 
Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, that's certainly true because uh, if they don't have that freedom, uh, you know, or to protection, it, it's all for naught anyway. If uh, evil mm-hmm. takes over, and uh, you know, especially even what we would consider as Christians, our basic uh, freedom of religion, you know, the ability oh, yeah. to worship, and so that's a very good point. And I and I won't quibble with you about that. That's a good <laughs> one. I guess more I should say is the day to day. You know, not going to be there for the yeah, the, you know, the father son basketball game or the <laughs> take him out camping or you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah. ultimately, yeah, as responsibility, mm-hmm. they are all tied together. Absolutely, the vocations that God has given them as protector, father. Uh, husband, whatever, again, going through those. And, and, and uh, so, yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, I know my, my dad, as I mentioned, he uh, he was in the Army during World War II. But he had actually, he actually was in the reserves. He was a, had gone through ROTC in the 30s. And as soon as Pearl Harbor, the news of Pearl Harbor hit, there was never any question but of his going. And in fact, I know my mother told me this rather than him, that uh, dad had, uh, I think the week after, had written to the War Department requesting active duty service and you know there was my mother there's my older brother you know who was at that time was just a baby but there was never any question and it, it was a wonderful thing to me that there was the support from my mother and from other relatives that this was the thing to do absolutely yeah it is a sacrifice by all people and it yeah it's if we don't just stop and think about that it's just uh, something we can easily lose you mm. know if people don't see far out how important it is to that god has used the two kingdoms again but for uh, peace and uh the god-given rights that we have which often we forget it's a whole other topic i'm sure on yeah. your on your show <laughs> that the government doesn't give us these rights they're yeah, just no. <laughs> they're, they're just there to protect them yeah and and so when god uses the the government romans 13 to protect those rights and then you know those people voluntarily say i'm in let me i'm going to fight for that and defend your right well what should we do as lutherans to make sure that the generations coming up behind us are aware of this are aware of their obligations i think it starts with what you're doing right now here on your show it's just uh, highlighting again and bringing to the forefront what memorial day is you know just to realize that we stand on the shoulders of many who have gone before us and to to take your children and our grandchildren, whatever generation it is, and and walk through a cemetery and find the veterans' uh, graves, or go to mm. a national cemetery and and just visually see, um, I, they can't help but move people to say, you know, wow, they did this, so I could stand here now and not be worried about uh, being shot or whatever, you know, being a slave or what, whatever the situation may be if those evil if evil would have uh, transpired. So I think just talking about it in our homes and and i would even say there's so many as you mentioned one before some documentaries some old shows it's not propaganda it's just history yeah. of letting them to see what you know the conflicts and what we have in fact i'm just watching a a series on netflix about um the medal of honor winners that is just moving it's hard to watch but that just really once again shows you the history yeah. to make the following generations realize that uh it can easily be lost. It just takes one generation of not seeing the importance of this and, and democracy will fail. And obviously these God-given rights will be taken away from us. So I think that's it. You know, just not being shy about it and honoring the flag, honoring, um, you know, our current military, just showing respect. Um, 
that goes a long way in people mm-hmm. saying, well, why is this important? You know, when people just the simple things is now if you hang out a flag in your front porch to, to teach your kids the flag protocol, yep. you know, and how why this is important. And, you know, just stuff like that makes people think, you know, we kind of, you know, kind of just poo-poo that. I'll throw it out on the porch or, or whatever. Or, you know, mm-hmm. just watching even like the Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts, how they are taught even yeah. how, how to take care of the flag. A lot of them you can even donate your old flags to and they will properly dispose of it. And I'm not just making patriotism or, or nationalism. I'm just saying how we can honor what God has given us um, in this great country of the freedoms that we enjoy and how to make sure that those are rights that evil people want to take away. Yeah. You know, one encouraging thing I saw that came out of a recent tragedy, there was a school shooting and there was a young man who was an ROTC cadet jumped, put himself between the, the the students and the and the shooter, and actually took the shooter down, and then took some bullets himself and died. Uh, the witnesses say this kid didn't even hesitate. He just saw the shooter and bang, he did what he had to do. And I'm going to emphasize that what he had to do. And uh, he was buried, even though he's just an ROTC cadet. He was buried with full military honors. And was posthumously or, uh, awarded the Purple Heart and the Bronze Star. Oh wow! Now I didn't follow that part much, but I I read about that, and uh, it certainly doesn't surprise me because he, you know, that's why he was in the ROTC program is he saw others before self. One mm-hmm. of the models that he wanted to to serve others, and, and obviously he he practiced what he it was a deep held belief that he went to the sound of the guns is i mean it seems really sad now because that was a real story but you hear that you know that those the first responders military go to the sounds of the guns and most of us want to go the other way right (laughs) that's just our natural instinct (laughs) so it takes those uh you know sheepdogs i guess to some other people in different kind of writings talking to but obviously he was one of those that clearly um saw something needed to be done and he did it and he and he wanted to and had to uh to save other people's lives and to honor him and for all the others, that's what this last Memorial Day was about. Absolutely. So, again, I thank you, Kip, for this opportunity. And I'm so glad that the others are still, that we never forget. I mean, that's a lot of model you hear for Memorial Day, that we will never forget. And that's what we hope and pray people do, because it certainly is uh, uh, the Christian thing in the sense of we always remember um, in that passage of Scripture, uh, no greater love has any man than he lay down his life for a friend. Certainly can apply to this. You know, we obviously know Jesus is also prophesying about himself, giving his life for us, you know, to, to save us from our sins. But at the same time, to love your neighbor enough to lay down your life is certainly what Memorial Day is about. Chaplain Craig Mueller, thank you so much for appearing on the program. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Anytime. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. 
You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.